Buy now, pay later. It was arguably one of the most talked about vectors in fintech during the bull run as founders looked at yet another way to better service their client base. But like so many in the space, the BNPL model came under huge pressure as a result of the current climate and most importantly, as a result of potentially huge regulatory shifts. The wonderful Jen Stanifor from Hogan Levels shares what she is most excited about and this her top tips for founders looking to play the BNPL way. This is Tech Moxie. Let's get to it. Jen, lovely to have you on. Thanks very much for having me, Ben. Oh, you're joking, aren't you? The queen of BNPL is real privilege. <laughs> Thanks. I'm not sure I'd call myself the queen, but yeah, definitely. I do. Definitely I excited do, Jen. to be talking about it today. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I know a bit about you, but would you mind if we dug straight back into your, your background so people get to know yeah, how, you, how you've come on this journey so far, I suppose? Where did it all start? Yeah, sure. So my name's Jen Staniforth, and I'm a senior associate at Hogan Levels in the banking, lending and payments team. So that's within the global regulatory overall team. Mm -hmm. So what I focus on is consumer finance and payments and kind of the advisory and regulatory side of that. So think bank accounts, credit cards, mortgages and you know general loans as well. And so, yeah, as I said, that's regulatory advice, but we also advise and kind of support our corporate team on acquisitions where, you know, where someone, a company's buying a company that has has those products. So yeah, it's always very interesting. Today's something new. So yeah. I bet. I mean, um, I don't know whether the, the regulatory side is affected by this so much, but I'd have thought huge emotions going around given current circumstances, the current climate, right? Yeah, um, definitely. And, and, you know, there's a lot changes in such a short space of time and obviously consumers have to be at the forefront of firms minds and the fca really pushes for that as well so a lot of it's focused on yeah what can we do better for consumers and you know how how can we help them through as you say the, the cost of living crisis and obviously yeah. kind of really we've only just come out of covid as well so it's it's it must feel like one one thing on top of another for everyone really for sure for sure and it's properly niche, I suppose. So yeah, how did you get into it in the first place? What? Yeah, so well, I was a, a trainee at Hogan Levels. So that's a, a two, two year sort of period of training for, for yeah. to become a lawyer. And one of the seats that I happened to sit in was was the banking, lending and payments team. And I just absolutely loved it. I thought it was really interesting. It's really tangible as well. So even as you know, quite an inexperienced young person sat there, I could, I could really kind of understand what the issues might be for a product such as a credit card, because I was like, well, I, I have one of those. So, you know, how would I want to understand it? What might the issues be that I face in that? And I think that sort of tangibility is what's really interesting, as well as, as I've already said, the fact that it's always changing, you know, I mean, yeah. when I joined in the first year of my training contract, that was when um, we voted for well as a country we voted for Brexit and obviously now I've kind of seen seen oh. some changes flow through I think we're I think that's going to be one of the things we're going to see a lot over the next few years is kind of the actual impact of that in terms of the legislation obviously at the moment we've just kind of brought everything into the UK there's not been too much change but going forward it's it's almost yeah it's kind of exciting to see hopefully it'll be changed for the better as much as the the EU was a was a good thing in my opinion yeah but yeah we can see we're going to see a lot of change in that in the future that's mega interesting right because the the views are always going to be polarizing I think our generation are always going to remember that 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 period but yeah. as a lawyer to have to foresee and then 
yeah. implement the regulatory changes as a result of that period. Yeah, I think one of one of the things that that I remember most is I was we were working on a new piece of well, it was a kind of a, a further amendment to an existing piece of legislation, which was called the kind of the cross border payments regulations number two, mm-hmm. uh, and we spent a long time advising clients on that and the impacts, and then kind of half of that was then. Uh, rolled back after Brexit so <laughs> kind of or I mean and and you know imagine being a, a client when that's happened as well a, a financial institution you've had to make all these changes to your systems your documentation you've spent all this time thinking about it and then kind of mm. I mean it was it was ultimate I think ultimately a relief that that some of it was rolled back because it was particularly it was a bit it was, it was quite burdensome but obviously having gone through all the work to get there <laughs> it was it's a bit of a yeah that's why you think there's going to be a lot of change in future that, that sees us perhaps changing back or yeah for sure interesting, for sure. interesting it's, space. <laughs> it's still very very fluid right yeah yeah definitely yeah well you mentioned the uh, the experience handling client expectations as a result of how fluid that is so what what sorts of questions are you are being thrown at you now by by clients around brexit around brexit around yeah regulatory i mean we're going to touch on bmpl pretty yeah, yeah. <laughs> next but yeah well yeah, actually what... i think i think one of the the key areas we're really working on at the moment which is a big shift again is is the consumer duty so that's that's something that has well it's, it's going to come into force for products that are on sale at the end of july this year mm-hmm. and for the last couple of years we've been looking at kind of the fca's draft rules and obviously now they're coming into the final rules so we're advising clients a lot around that and it's 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 a fairly high level concept in terms of the overarching principle. So you have to basically firms are required to act to deliver good outcomes for retail customers. And and the FCA has explicitly said that is a higher standard than what came previously. So although there's kind of sub rules and, and, you know, different outcomes underneath that, I think it's, it's difficult for clients to say, okay, we, you know, we've got this whole suite of products, all these different things and, you know, pre-sale, post-sale, what do we need to focus on? What needs to change in order to make sure that we are really hitting these, you know, these expectations? So as I'm sure you can imagine, that's that's been a big lift for, for everyone. Yeah, it's kind of looking into the lid of everything. And obviously some people have to do more than others, but it's also just getting to the point where you know what you have to do and then actually doing it as well. So yeah, that's that's been been taking up quite a lot of time for everyone in the financial services space, I think. Sure, yeah. When people think about these subjects, you think about the planning, but it's actually the, the execution takes <laughs> up an awful lot of time, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Okay, I hear you, I hear you. Well, let's move then on to the uh, hot topic, your specialism in BNPL. I imagine founders in the space are probably swimming upstream a lot of the time, the media attention given the cost of lending is quite tough. Obviously, they have come up with some really, really great solutions that have been implemented across fintech. some great stories of collaboration there. Yeah, what, what's your, been ex- your experience been so far working in, in the circuit? So I think it is interesting because obviously we talk about buy now, pay later. And I think that actually what, what everyone kind of understands from that is the unregulated space. But obviously there is there are some lenders in a sort of Technically, it is you can buy this now and pay later and it's regulated. But in in the unregulated space, obviously, that's just been kind of, I wouldn't say trundling along in the background, but, you know, it's just been for for a number of years, that's just been kind of going along, relying on this specific exemption. And then obviously, as you say, as a kind of cost of living crisis and COVID and everything like that, then FCA is constantly looking to improve customer outcomes, as we've already talked about. So 
that's something that's been under the microscope now for a, yeah a, at least a year and we finally got the draft legislation through in in February because I think before that there was a period of thinking is this is buy now pay later kind of everything that could be thought of as, as buy now pay later be brought into the regulatory perimeter or is it just going to be a certain section of that and there was there was quite a, you know, a fair bit of uncertainty even though the government was kind of like oh we think we're going to focus on this but now, now I think we've got we're kind of there so we know that the it's that um lending offered by third party lenders so someone other than kind of you know the merchant the shop is going to be brought into the regulatory perimeter so interestingly that means that I'm just trying to think of a shop, but let's, let's say a shop, if, if they wanted to provide their own buy now, pay later, just as the yep. merchant buy their specific products, that would still be unregulated. And there is kind of some uh, anti-avoidance measures in the legislation as well to make sure that people can't take advantage of kind of trying to structure it so it's the merchants, but sure. not and I think to everyone's relief as well invoicing is still going to remain unregulated because obviously that's such a such a common use everybody uses that so, yeah sure so I think that would have been huge but the, the government had always said that that's not going to be regulated so it's just good to get that confirmed so so there are going to be a number of kind of exemptions to to the regulation so I think the okay. first thing for people to consider is is whether what they're doing now is actually going to be brought within that perimeter Got you. Okay. Is there an easy way of people checking that? I would say getting some solid legal advice. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, it is incredibly important though, because the proposals from the government are that the a lot of the consumer credit regime is going to apply to this regulated buy now, pay later. And that's so it's mainly based on the Consumer Credit Act, which is from 1974. So you can see it's, yeah, it's quite an old piece of legislation and it's hugely prescriptive. So, you know, lenders would have to really get this, get their agreements right and their default notices or, you know, notices of arrears correct. Otherwise, there can be quite big consequences. You know, if you get something wrong in the agreement, it won't be enforceable unless you get a court order. And if something goes wrong with a notice of arrears, you actually can't charge any interest. Although I think... Obviously, the, the buy now, pay later space that is unregulated naturally doesn't have any interest charged on it because otherwise that would be regulated anyway. So that might be less of an issue. But it's clear that it's important to make sure that you're doing getting the right thing done. Otherwise, there could be really bad consequences down the line, basically. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like really foundational stuff. Yeah. If you get that wrong, then. Definitely. And actually, more, more fundamentally than that, if you're if you haven't got a license and then you're carrying out this lending without a license, then that's a criminal offence. So again, we're seeing there's kind of there's kind of two two main main consequences. Interesting. Yeah, obviously really important to just make sure you know where you stand. When you say that, I mean, does it happen quite often that businesses will be trialing these things to see if it works? If there's a yeah, I suppose a market fit. You know, does it actually solve good solutions for their clients? And the only way they can know for sure is by trying it do you come across scenarios where they they have just gone ahead with something without having the licenses in place is, is that i think i mean i think that there's there's kind of defense to to that that criminal offense so well number one is if you've kind of got advice saying what you're doing isn't regulated that that's definitely a big defense because you kind of you didn't do it intentionally basically yep. so i personally haven't seen that too often and I know that especially, you know, these days, the FCA is really kind of supportive of innovation. So they do have their regulatory sandbox as well. 
um where mm. founders can kind of i think you have to apply but if, if you if you get accepted then that means you can kind of test test your product within the the fca environment yeah no i hear you. the bandbox model is an interesting one depending mm. on which side of fintech you're you're working in I, I find people have either very positive or very negative experiences with it so to put that into context founders in e-money institutions that sort of stuff absolutely loved it whereas when you talk to crypto founders for example that that sandbox model hasn't been overly well executed have you got any feedback from the bnpl space yeah. how how does that look yeah it's been an accepted model for a long time i don't think mm. they've kind of gone through the the sandbox per se but i think as you said about crypto assets it's it's so difficult when it's something so new yeah. that it's it's you can't even try to fit someone within within the existing perimeter and then obviously the fca has to kind of be like what are we actually going to do about that so i mean as we we talked about before before we started the podcast we you know that is probably something that's going to become a regulated space but it must be difficult if you're a firm saying can we go ahead with this or not you know how long will it be before we have to change things completely it must be so hard to, to plan for the future in that case and it yeah. must be really frustrating for founders i suppose so. the only solution to that is get out of your own head and go and talk to professionals as much yeah. as you can talk to yeah. the community right okay exactly. i hear you yeah I hear you. completely agree and i suppose moving forward with these regulatory changes happening all the time what are you most excited about so this is probably it's probably quite such a and not nerdy answer, but I'm, actually, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the, the Consumer Credit Act review. So I mentioned before, obviously, that that's, that's something that by now pay later unregulated, currently unregulated products are probably going to have to really look at because it is such a prescriptive act. And the FCA is now, and the government are now looking at this and saying, okay, you know, are we, are we going to change things going forward? Are we going to make it less prescriptive? Currently it's in legislation. So that's where you get those kind of non-enforceable consequences if something goes wrong. But if you bring that into the FCA handbook, it's not quite, okay. quite as slap. I mean, obviously there's still consequences from that, but it's not quite as, as harsh and, you know, things, things happen. I mean, one of the, one of the things is pre-contract information. It's, and it's, you have to set it out in a table. And technically, you know, if you don't if you don't put the full stops in the right place, that's kind of technically not <laughs> abiding by the regulation, but yeah. just that sort of level. So I'm hoping to see the Consumer Credit Act be modernised for the yeah for the modern age, basically. For the modern age, yeah, for the modern consumer and the modern founder. I exactly. Suppose. Yeah, completely um, making it work work on all sides. Yeah, I'm surprised that you know they're having to work from frameworks that that old, given how much the space has moved on. Then. Uh, yeah, no, okay, I hear you. An interesting thing, um, yeah, when I speak to legal pros like yourselves, I will often hear the line, you know, speak to a lawyer before you go ahead with, with a project. So what are the top mistakes that founders have made before coming to see someone like yourself that you might have to clean the mess up afterwards? I think it's, I think it's as we've said, you know, if and it's completely understandable because if you don't have someone... I keep using the Consumer Credit Act. That's that's just because, as I said, it's topical, know, isn't it? Yeah. Getting mm -hmm. it reformed and relevant to buy now, pay later. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're kind of trying to make a really intuitive customer journey, which is obviously great, and you you think that this is going to be great for the customer, and then you then you've made all that, and then you come to the lawyers, and 
you know, if you want to give a document electronically under the Consumer Credit Act rather than on paper, you have to get the customer's explicit consent for that. Yeah. So, you know, we've worked with founders before where we've, I mean, it, well, to be fair, it's not such a massive lift, I think, not being a tech person, but you kind of have to make, you know, put that in the journey, make sure there's kind of a, the active consent. Sure, on that. sure. That's just one of the examples where, yeah, it, it doesn't seem, it seems counterintuitive to kind of, you know, interrupt the flow and, especially as a fintech founder where things are often going to be kind of really digital focused you sort of think why you know surely a customer would just assume that's you know i'd be quite personally i'd be surprised if anything turned up in the post these days anyway so but again that's just um a throwback from the past um, yeah. but i think i think i know you said three in the top three but i do i do think that it can, all three can be summed up into just the importance of getting legal advice early you know i think we've we've in the past again we've had had someone who's had to change their model it was going to be regulated and they, they didn't want to have to kind of work in that space understandably so again if you kind of if you kind of i know legal advice is often pricey but if you approach us sooner rather than later then actually you probably end up spending less in the long run because you've ironed out the problems right at the start and you get sure. again reversing all your good work yeah um, yeah is your because throughout 2022 there's a lot of talk about where the banking as a service model or trend was was going to go brands were investigating it heavily that's for sure and vcs were, were looking at it as a great vertical to put some of their capital to use is your expectation that with the way the world is at the moment brands will continue to engage with it as much or do you think people will be cautious with the, the regulatory changes? So, you know, if you're a merchant wanting to engage with such solutions, one really useful thing to come out of the consultation, and the legislation isn't quite finalised yet, but I'm pretty sure this is going to be the case, is that that as a merchant, you won't be a credit broker. So that would be a regulated activity, introducing your customer to, to someone who's providing regulated credits. So okay. that's not going to be the case. So I think that's that was something that, people worried about because it's not feasible for you know people shops online retailers to get authorized and have to adhere to all those rules so it sure. will be regulated it'll be the lender who's regulated basically so i think that helps because it's kind of like if you're offering me this service that's fine just make you know you need to make sure you're adhering to all the right rules and, and help yeah. Help you're us. leaning on someone else's plumbing i suppose yeah okay yeah, right exactly and obviously you know you'll have to think about kind of distribution strategies and how that's integrated into your checkout process but those are kind of the, the standard things you'd have to consider anyway so yeah I think and I it will it will be really interesting to see what comes out of this I think the big players obviously they've seen this coming for an you know a year at least a couple of years now so I think they're obviously it's it's inevitable so they're kind of embracing that saying yeah we're ready to be regulated you know we can make all these changes so It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I don't think we'll see kind of, yeah, it won't be the, the death of buy now, pay later, I think. Well, that's very good to hear indeed. <laughs> Too much talent in the space for that to be the case anyway. <laughs> Jeb, that was an awesome podcast. Thank you so much for jumping on, giving us a bit more info there, info too. So uh, could you tell us how, yeah, if people do want to try and get some, we'll follow your advice there and, and have a chat before they start engaging in this for the, what's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, so well, you can find on our the website at Hogan Lovells. If you just type type in Jennifer Staniforth, you'll find my contact details. But in terms of other engagement as well, without actually having to to pay for our services, we also have a, a, a platform called HL Engage, which is our know how platform that 
you can sign up to and tailor your content to your interests and select how often you receive content as well. So we do a lot of articles and kind of regulatory updates to help people keep on top of the changes because as we've discussed there are so many of them um, all the time, so yeah. they're a really useful hub for that and on a slightly unrelated note i would also like to do a sort of a shout out about our fintech mentor program which will help with the fact that often you know we recognize startups at the very beginning of their journey don't have don't have the resources to kind of you know approach legal legal advisors so we actually our, our program offers twenty five thousand pounds worth of free legal and regulatory consulting advice for people who for founders who need that sort of advice within the next 12 months um, wow yeah we need to double down on this we can't <laughs> we can't okay so sector agnostic is there any type of startups or is it specific to tech what's what's the story there yeah, so so it is our fintech program, but we do have a kind of broad approach to to what fintech means. I mean, obviously, personally, it's the banking, lending, and payment space, but we also have an investments team. You know, our corporate team they have a whole kind of fintech expertise there. So it's kind of across the board, and we'd really encourage anyone who's interested to to reach out and you can have a chat with us to see if you think your your proposition is a good fit for the program we'd be we're always really happy to speak to people yeah and it's not just pure startups it can be more established growth players looking to expand further or launch new products you know and well for example this year we've got sustainable finance clients we've got people in the saving space investment space so really broad range yeah and we provide kind of networking it's kind of a you know a cohort feel so as well as us providing legal and regulatory consulting advice, we do we put on events so everyone can meet each other, fintechs, and we're hoping to have a an investor event actually, so fintechs can potentially meet investors. So watch this space; that would be a really good one. Oh, Jen, great shout out! <laughs> well, I'll add if you can send me any links, I'll add it all in the description. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, I'll send that to you right after this. Perfect. Thanks so much, Ben. It's a great opportunity.